0: Man, All right. So we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Look at verse 11. It says, on the page, it says, But now I have written unto you, not to keep company, if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, or covetous, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, with such an one, know not to eat. For what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within, but them that are without God judgeth. Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person now this passage is pretty popular because it gives us a nice clear list of people that pretty much we can throw out of the church because it's telling you if there's people that are doing these things in the church for one these are very wicked sins and the bible says to put away from you that wicked person and in this list is a word that i want to focus on today and that's a railer All right, have to be a railer and what i want to talk about tonight is the sin of railing okay now I know when people hear this a lot of people are gonna get real nervous. Because let me tell you, this is something a lot of people are guilty of. Okay. Railing is an extremely wicked sin. It's all the, the word railing too, I see that word get thrown around all the time in the most ridiculous ways you can imagine. And it's like I don't think people really study this word. You know, so for for example, you know, if you say something about me and you just get a fact wrong, okay, it doesn't mean you're necessarily a railer y'all understand that and we're going to look and see exactly what railing is because people love to attach that on somebody because then we got good cause to throw them out of the church because we got an easy verse right and when the goal is throwing people out of the church i mean this is wonderful isn't it you know even though uh it's more about we should try to restore people but that's not the way most people look at so you see that get thrown around if i can attach railer to them somehow we can be rid of them and not to deal with them anymore but let me tell you, this sin of railing—it is a very serious sin. And while some people are real good at attaching, you know, that stamp on somebody for foolish things, a lot of times those same people are just full-blown railers in its truest sense of the word, and yet they don't see a problem. It's just—it's amazing the way this works. And so, uh, I want us to, you know, learn from the Bible. What well, we're we are going to look at the definitions of it. But then we're going to let the Bible define what railing is, because this is something that obviously is very serious. You know, we all know what things like being a drunkard is, what fornication is, but railing is not something a lot of people, I don't think, understand. It's not something I want in this church. I don't want. I don't want it happening in this church. I don't want to see anyone in this church doing it, especially in the online world, in the Facebook world. I mean, I'm telling you, the social media is full of railers, and I'm telling you. We'll throw you out of church for stuff like that. I wasn't railing on anybody here. But we don't want you, you will eventually, hey? Okay? Because railers are going to rail, okay? And as soon as you get bored, of the people out there are going to be railing on somebody in here. It's just what you are. It's your character. Hey, okay? it's a, and it's a horrible, horrible character trait, and we don't want to becoming a part of our culture. And it is a part of uh, certain cultures, and it's not good. And so, uh, while this word gets thrown around. You know, it does have a definition. So the uh, Modern Dictionary in dictionary.com, if you look at the word rail or railer, it's not, I, it wasn't even in there when I looked at it, but in the Webster's 1828, it says to utter reproaches, to scoff, to use insolent and reproachful language, to reproach or censure in opprobrious terms, followed by at or against, formerly by on. And then, or um, uh, that's for rail. And then for railer, is one who scoffs, insults, censures, or reproaches with abrobrious language. And then in the uh, Strong's Hebrew, it means, I like this, okay? This is the Hebrew definition according to Strong's. It says, to swoop down upon, to fly, or rail. Because, you know, when I hear that, to swoop down upon, I think of a buzzard, okay? Isn't that what a buzzard does? Whenever there's something dead, it swoops down, but a buzzard doesn't just swoop down by itself, it likes to circle it for a while. Hey, let's call attention to the dead animal on the road, and then let's all go get it. Okay? Now who else is thinking about Facebook lynch mobs right now? Okay? As I like calling the rabid Facebook lynch mobs. Okay, these people, it's never enough for them if they have a problem with somebody to just go to that person, you know what they do? They point out the problem in the most public way they possibly can. Okay, that's like that buzzard swooping around up in the sky where everybody can see it, okay? In the railer world, you know, we can go to places like Facebook or whatever. Hey, let's all draw attention to a problem that we see, and then let's all swoop down on them and attack them. How many ever seen anybody get their eyes pecked out in a rabbit Facebook lynch mob? Okay, we've all seen that before, and let me tell you something, it's wicked, folks. That is wicked, wicked stuff, and it's entertaining, And you listen, don't get caught up in that entertainment. Okay, you're just as vile as those Romans back in the day in the Colosseum that were cheering and people getting thrown to the lions. Okay, the same sick nature that was in people back then is in people today, and it shows itself on social media all the time. It's wicked stuff. I don't like it at all. But this is this is what happens. You know, somebody calls somebody out. It might even be legitimate, but then here come the buzzards. Here come the jackals. And let me tell you, I've learned the hard way: never get in between a pack of wild hyenas and their prey. Okay? They coming after you too. Once they decide, once they, once they've started the circling, and you try to get in between and do something, man, you're in trouble. Okay, best get a shotgun and blow them out of the sky. I mean, I know I'm just kidding, I'm, but you're not going to help. Okay, they're going to come peck your eyes out too. You better believe it. And that's why I suggest best to just stay away from this junk. It's bad stuff. So, another word in the Bible, uh, or a word that's in our modern dictionary that we see in the Bible too, that I think is uh, can you, it's used interchangeably in the Bible too, is the word revile. Okay? Matthew twenty-seven thirty-nine says, And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads. This is when Jesus was on the cross. They were reviling Jesus. And then in Mark fifteen twenty-nine, it says, And they that passed by railed on him, wagging their heads and saying, Ah, thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days. So you can see where those words were used interchangeably. And so to rail or to revile, it's when you are really, it's when you're in a a public way, you are just speaking evil against somebody and trying to make others, you know, look at somebody in a negative way. You know, it's one thing for you to just think something really bad about somebody. Okay? But, it's another, but, you know, it's a whole lot worse when you've got to like make it public and then try to get other people to think the same way too. That's when you're getting really wicked and that's when you are railing, reviling. We see in Mark 15:31 it says, Likewise also the chief priests mocking said among themselves with the scribes, He saved others, himself he cannot save. Let Christ the King of Israel descend now from the cross that we may see and believe and they that were crucified with him reviled him. Luke 23, 39. And one of the male factors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. So we see uh, in Mark, these ones that were crucified with him reviled him. And Luke, it says that they railed on him. And their railing was them saying, If thou be the Christ, save us and thyself. And so a uh, bonus point here in Matthew 5, 11, it says... Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. So when if you get railed on, okay, according to the Bible, you're blessed. You should be happy about that because you're going to get a blessing as long as it's false. Okay? As long as it's false. So, you know, if you're saved, guess what? When you get called unsaved or a reprobate or something like that, that's a blessing. Okay. You should be happy because that kind of thing happens all the time. We should really be loaded with blessings all right. with all that that goes on uh, you know, amongst people these days. But let's go ahead and let's look at the Bible and some examples in the Bible where railing is going on. And then let's kind of use that to uh, you know, see how people can be railing today and what it actually is. Because again, we don't want to do it. We do not want to do it. We do not want to participate in it. We do not want to encourage it. And we don't want to encourage it. It's it's very very wicked stuff. We don't want to have pleasure in them to do it. We don't want to, we don't want to do it. And you know, and it's easy to you know we're in the political season right now. Okay, it's it's political season. The railing is going to be happening across the board. And I get it. You know, we there's politicians we do not like, but did you know we don't have the right to rail on them? We don't get to just make stuff up. Okay, it's one thing if it's true. But it's another thing when we're just casting things out there and, you know, I, mean, I get it. I hate Hillary Clinton so much and she's not even running for anything right now. But, you know, I mean, are we sure she eats babies? I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay? And if you think that, I'm not against you. But if you're out there on, on social media, you know, calling her a baby eater or something like that, man, you better have the goods on her before you say something like that. Okay? I get it. I wouldn't put anything past any of these people but I try to I try to watch myself with that. I try to watch myself. I try not to like comments where people are super over the top hammering a candidate, even if it's Joe Biden. Okay? if it's true, you know that's fine. But it's like you know, don't go. Let's not go too far. You know, we don't. You know, I mean, yeah. If, if you call him a child molester, I mean, we've got him on video groping kids in crowds of people. I think he probably. I think that was pretty safe. And I don't know what I don't know what you could accuse Joe Biden of that's not true. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we we got to watch that. That's bad, and we don't want to encourage people like that. If somebody's out there, we would all love to hear Trump to just get up there and the and the debate they have and just start calling him creepy Joe and child molester and think But you know, we shouldn't want our president railing. You know? We should make sure he keeps it. He sticks to the facts. If it's true, let them have it. But let's go ahead let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 25. 1 Samuel chapter 25. We'll start reading, uh, well, you know, I need to turn over I'm going to start reading in verse 1. put all that in my notes, but I want to make sure we get the full context. It's important that we get the full context of this to understand uh, what railing is in this story. This is a story where uh, David meets Nabal, the the husband of Abigail that David ended up marrying. But it says in verse 1, And and Samuel died, and all the Israelites were gathered together and lamented him and buried him in his house at Ramah. And David arose and went down to the wilderness of Paran. And there was a man and man whose possessions were in Carmel. And the man was very great, and he had 3,000 sheep and a 1,000 goats. And he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. And the name of this man was Nabal, and the name of his wife Abigail, and she was a woman of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance. But the man was churlish and evil in his doings, and he was at the house of Caleb. And David heard in the wilderness that Nabal did shear his sheep. And David sent out ten young men, and David said unto the young men, Get you up to Carmel, and go unto Nabal, and greet him in my name. And thus shall ye say to him that liveth in prosperity: Peace be both to thee and peace to thine house. And peace be unto all that thou hast. Are those threatening words right there? No, that sounds pretty nice. And now I have heard that thou hast shears. Now thy shepherds which were with us, we hurt them not. Neither was there aught missing unto them. All the while they were in Carmel. And thy young men, and they will show thee. Wherefore, let the young men find favor in thine eyes, for we come in a good day. Give, I pray thee, whatsoever cometh to thy hand unto thy servants... Thy son David. Now, notice Nabal, he's got a bunch of stuff that David needs and that David could easily take if he wanted to. But David is a good man. He's being kind. Hey, let's respect this man's property and let's be kind. Let's offer to buy it, even though we're kind of in a buy and we have to have this stuff. Let's not just assume that he's going to give it to us. So let's go... You guys go there. You be nice. You be kind. You know. And he's trying to be as diplomatic as he possibly can in the situation. And when David's young men came, they spake to Nabal according to all the words in the name of David. And see, so they did what David said. They got done. And Nabal answered David's servants and said, "Who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? Then he, there be many servants nowadays that break away every man from his master." Shall I then take my bread and my water and my flesh that I have killed for my shears and give it unto men whom I know not whence they be? Now I notice that's all he said right there. So David's young men turned their way and went again and came and told him all these things. And David said unto the men, Gird ye every, man, on every man his sword. And they girded on every man his sword. And David also girded on his sword. And there went up after David about four hundred men and two hundred abode by the stuff. But one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, Behold, David sent messengers out of the wilderness to salute our master, and he railed on them. But the men were very good unto us, and we were not hurt, neither missed we anything, as long as we were conversant with them when we were in the field. So one of Nabal's own servants is saying, hey, these guys didn't do anything wrong. They were nice. But Nabal, he went and he railed on them. Okay, He railed on them. So here we have a clear example of railing going on in the bible and so what did exactly did nabal do because this is railing and this is something that we shouldn't do so notice what, what railing is it's throwing out false accusations based on nothing more than your own wicked imagination cuz notice what he did here whenever they come and they're saying talking about you know they're servants of david and all that he's a, he tried to act like he didn't know who david was he tried to act like these guys are just lying. Hey, there be many servants that break away from their masters today. He was trying to act like there was a reason to doubt these guys. He was trying to act like they were suspicious that they were doing something wrong. Why? Because he just didn't want to help them. He was cruel. He was mean, and he knew that if he didn't help these guys, if he didn't, you know, let them have what they needed, that they were going to be in trouble. But, you know, a bad, mean person like Nabal is not going to say, I'm a dirty, rotten scoundrel and I'm just not going to help you. No, what does he do? He just starts throwing accusations at them. I think you guys are lying. I think you guys broke away from your master. You know, he's just making things up, you know, because he just had an evil heart. He tried to be, he he pretended to try to be ignorant of who David was. That he tried to act like there was something suspicious when there was nothing. And then he tried to pretend like they had good reason to not help them. And ways we can do this today is when we question people's motives and then throw suspicion their way, again, in a public way, when you have no basis other than your perverse mind. And now, what is this, what is it, again, what does this look like? Okay, So, for example, we've all had thoughts about people. Have you ever looked at somebody and thought, I think they're creepy? You know, they just, you know, they look like a child molester, or they look like a pervert, or something like that. Okay, anybody ever had that thought cross their mind? Okay, we can't help it. But you know what? I hope you didn't go announcing it to everybody. You know, I hope when if you see somebody, or let's say you see somebody doing something, okay, and maybe, you know, you don't know they were actually doing something bad, but you know, because you've got a wicked heart, and if you were in that situation, that's what you would do you start kind of projecting that onto them. But it's not really, even that though, while we all kind of do that in our own mind, it's not really railing until we start drawing other people's attention to it. When we get out there and we start saying, you know what, I think this guy is a pervert. I saw this guy do this and I, I'm i convinced that he's a pervert, I have no doubt. You know, I just have a sixth sense with this stuff, and he's on my radar, and my, or I think he's a homo, and My my is always right. And we just start... Listen, you're railing on that person when you do that. When you don't have the evidence, but you're just thinking these things, and then you go telling everybody about it, trying to get everybody to think the same thing. Like, I think he's a crook. You know, this. Pro, I think they're, I think he's ripping people off. You don't know that. You don't have the evidence. But what are you doing? You're going out and you're telling everybody. But that's what they're doing. Without the evidence. Without it being a clear cut case, or even with only partial evidence. We see that kind of thing done all the time in the online world, even just with our preacher friends. Somebody gets a hold of like some kind of financial statement, canceled check, not knowing the full story, not knowing the context, but with this one piece of evidence they have, they form all kinds of bad conclusions about that person. And it's not enough that they just think that and keep it to themselves. What do they do? They take it to YouTube. Oh, it looks like this person has, you know, been, you know, participating in financial fraud. And it's now up to them to prove they're innocent. No, it's not. Hey, it was up to you. And it wasn't even up to you. Okay? It, but before you go accusing somebody, you've got to have the goods on them. Oh, this person made an accusation. We've got a report from this person in the church. Anybody recognize my voice in yeah, yeah, you all know what I'm talking about. I'm getting the commercial. You know, reports from this disgruntled church member. They're saying this about the pastor. And therefore, that's evidence. And we conclude that this person's a crook and he's doing this and blah, blah, blah. No, you're a railer. You are. No, but wait, he had evidence. Really? A screenshot from a text. You know, one financial statement from something that doesn't even show the whole picture. Whatever. And we call that. You know, we call that justice. We call that fair. No, that is called railing. Yeah, but it looks bad. Yeah, but you don't know. Okay? And what all these people are doing is they are projecting on other people what is in their own wicked heart. And that's evil. And, you know, we see that kind of thing happen all the time. You know, even amongst other pastors sometimes we go accusing people of having certain motives. Oh, really? Where's your evidence of that? You know, a known railer, I just saw the other day in one of these private groups, railing on me, saying that I've just been using preachers to get fame and money and all these. I've had that thrown at me several times, and I'm thinking, okay, where's your evidence of that? Oh, it's what I think. It's what it looks like to me. Oh, so that's what you've come to the conclusion of in your own dirty, filthy heart. And it's one okay. If you think that you know, you're not a bad person as long as you keep to yourself. But now you're on a public forum telling everybody about that. You're a railer, okay? People like that. And let me tell you, I know who a lot of these. I mark these railers. They better never visit this church. Okay? I throw them out so fast it wouldn't be funny. And a lot of them don't know I know they're railers, but I do, man. I I I don't want to keep company with a railer. I don't want I don't want that at all. And so just understand, while you are out there trying to show how much discernment you have and how much wisdom you have and your ability to read people, if you are not 100% right in what you're saying, just understand, you're a railer. And you can't help it if you think these things, but just don't go out, you know, circling above, up in the sky, trying to get attention and then drawing everyone's attention to what you think. Hey, I saw something. That looks. Listen, I've seen... Lots of things in my life that look suspicious. With good people and bad people. I've seen things with some bad people that made me a little suspicious. But, you know, I never went broadcasting these things because I didn't know. You know, it was a red flag. It was was a red flag, but I never had the goods to go out this person. And it would have been wrong. Now, some of them ended up to be bad. But then there's other people I've had red flags with. And nothing ever came of it. You know, and so, easy, just because you have a red flag, that does not give you an excuse to go public with something. Now, you can be careful in your own home. If you see you know, somebody in this church and you think they're a creep or a pervert or whatever, okay, that's fine. You, know, you protect your family around that person. Don't invite them over to your house, but don't go telling everybody in the church what you think. Okay, don't go doing that kind of thing because all you're doing is railing in that case, and that is a very wicked thing to do. And So, while we might have feelings... We have no right to broadcast those things just to make others suspicious too. And so we, um, and here's the thing. We've got these clowns out there too that like to boast on their ability to spot the wolves. But the truth is, okay, I hate to quote Abraham Lincoln because I'm not the biggest fan in the world, but one thing he said that was really good, that if you look for the bad in people expecting to find it, you surely will. Now why is that? Maybe it has something to do with Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Maybe it has something to do with Romans three ten, as it is written, "There is none righteous, no, not one." So it, you know, don't be impressed with the preacher that gets up, and when he's decided he doesn't like somebody anymore, he's able to just make him look like a dirty rotten so and so from the pulpit. Well, you realize you know, why reason he was able to make him look like a dirty rotten so and so is because he is a dirty rotten so and so. He was going to go to hell until he got saved. So it's not, and, and even today when we're saved. We're still sinners. We still need Jesus to make intercession for us. And so just understand we can we can we can make anybody look as bad as we want because there's sin and everybody and you know it's amazing. Anybody can win a debate from a pulpit with no opposition. Especially if you've got a hungry mob of jackals in the audience that just love hearing somebody get ripped apart. Now, everybody loves hard preaching when the people getting preached at or outside. The building. Nobody likes hard preaching when it's ripping on people in the building. That is the hard preaching. That's what they did in the Bible. That's why God had to tell the prophets not to be afraid of their faces. Because they were preaching against the people looking at them. People who had the power to get them in trouble, to have them thrown into prison, to have them killed. You all have the power. okay? Most people in most churches, okay? not in this church, we've got... You know, ways we do things differently. But in some churches, the only power you have is to get yourself thrown out of the church if you say anything. Okay? And so understand, that's not impressive. That's not impressive when you get up and do that. That's not hard preaching. Hard preaching is when you're letting people have it that are in the room that have the power to do something to you and actually hurt you. So don't be impressed by that kind of thing. Most of the time, it's just full-blown railing, and I'm not impressed by that at all. And i turn over to Second Chronicles chapter. 32. 2 Chronicles chapter 32, in verse 16, we'll see another example of railing right here. It says, And his servants spake yet more against the Lord God, and against his servant Hezekiah. He wrote also letters to rail on the Lord God of Israel, and to speak against him, saying... Alright, so this is railing right here. He wrote this to rail on the God of Israel. So this is a clear example of what railing is. And it says, As the gods of the nations of the other lands have not delivered their people out of mine hand, so shall not the God of Hezekiah deliver his people out of my hand. It was always a big mistake when people thought God was going to be like other gods. That never worked out good for these people. God always shows himself above all other gods. It says, and they cried with a loud voice in the Jews' speech unto the people. They're crying with a loud voice. This isn't something they're saying in private. This isn't something they're just saying to one other person. Okay? this isn't a text message that they sent to one person. Okay? this it. railing—it's again—it's always calling attention and doing it to try to influence. The, it's something that's being said to try to influence the masses. Okay? You shouldn't talk behind other people's backs. Okay? you shouldn't do that. But at the same time, railing is—it's a, a very public thing. Okay? It is a very the behind the backs of that's gossip, that's backbiting, that's a, that's a bad sin. But it's a different sin. It's not railing. So it says, and they spake against the God of Jerusalem and against the gods of the people of the earth, which were the work of the hands of men. And for this cause, Hezekiah the king and the prophet said, Isaiah the son of Amos prayed and cried to heaven. So notice what's going on here. After these people get up, they're saying, "Hey, they're basically saying, we're going to beat you." You know what? What I compare this to? It's like before a sporting event. Okay. What do you do? You try to get into the head of the other team. Now we're gonna smash you, we're gonna clobber you, y'all are gonna be crying, y'all are gonna be begging for mercy. Hey, now that that that's railing. Now, I think in a sporting sense, that's okay. Alright? Like when we play ping pong, sometimes I like to get in people's heads. And I might rail on them a little bit. You know, hey, watch what I'm gonna do to you, you're not gonna be able to handle you know that we, we we're we're kind of getting in people's head, alright? And in a sport. I think that's okay, all right? As long as there's agreements amongst friends and things like that, okay? Uh, But sometimes we do this for real in real life, trying to hurt people. When you're just going and you're predicting doom and gloom on them, you're predicting failure on them. It's not based on anything. You didn't look into a crystal ball. You didn't go into a time machine and go into the future and see what's actually going to happen. So why are you saying these things to them? Why are you going and telling these people, oh, your marriage is going to fail. Your kids are going to turn out to be sorry. Why are you saying all these things? You know why? Because you're trying to get in their head. You're trying to influence them. You're trying to influence other people to look down on them. And that's what they're trying to do here with Israel. They want them thinking bad about God. They want them because they're supposed to trust in the Lord. And, but they want them to think that the Lord can't beat these guys. They want the Lord, they want them to think that their God is just like all the other gods that were defeated. And so they're out there really making baseless claims. And just understand, when you go out there, and if you're saying that kind of thing, again, in a public way, you're just going out there, oh, I think this person's ministry is going to fail. I think they're going to flop out. I think they're going to quit. I, you know, you're, when you're saying things like that, In a public way. Again, you might think it. We can't help think these things sometimes. You're railing. You don't know that. Where's your evidence? Do you think they're going to fail and quit? When are they going to quit? Why are they going to quit? You don't know that, do you? You're just saying that because you hope they quit. You're wanting to get into their head, aren't you? And we shouldn't do that type of thing with people. And so you can make predictions if you like, but you know what? At least have the decency to admit you are a fraud. When it doesn't come to pass. I give it one year. Okay. Let's write that down. Let's mark our calendar. And a year, if you're not right, we bring you before the church and we label you a railer and we throw your sorry carcass out of the church. I wonder if churches did that. How many people do that kind of thing? If we did, we just started keeping track. We catch somebody out there on Facebook railing against somebody. I predict this is going to happen with them. Okay. Let's write it down. and Let's see if you're a false prophet. Going out there, acting like you got some vision, some word of prophecy or something, when you didn't. Because if it doesn't come to pass, understand that it wasn't of God, you're a railer. And you ought to be held accountable for your railing. But you know, that doesn't happen, so people just do it all the time, don't they? they that happens all the time. You know, is predicting the rapture is going to come between 2021 and 2033. If it doesn't happen, do you think he's going to step down and admit he's a false prophet? Nope. You know why? Because nobody's going to hold him accountable for it. Nobody's gonna it, it, you know, nobody's gonna hold them accountable when it doesn't happen, and therefore that kind of thing's gonna keep on going in that circle. And if we don't hold people accountable for their railings, this is gonna keep happening. It's just it's just gonna keep on going. You know, anyone can make a vague general prediction and act like they predicted the future. all oh, these people that left our church—they're out of the will of God now. When you start seeing what happens to them you know and then the derecho comes through and you know blows their tree over that was God. Hey listen in the next five years something's gonna happen to all of us. Okay? y'all understand that and we don't know for sure that that was of God you know when bad stuff happens to us it was the devil when stuff happens to them it was God you know you don't have any way of knowing for sure on that but you do, you throw these things out there and again you do it in a public way because you're just trying to influence others. So, you know another way. Um, so, turn over to Mark chapter fifteen. So, trying to predict bad and failure to try, just to intimidate them. Okay, like if you tell somebody, you know what? If you agree with this, you're just a ignorant moron whose brain isn't even working. You know, I, I see people do that kind of thing. It's like really. If you don't agree this person's a bad person, you're just a dirty, filthy, bleeding heart that's just, you, you know, you got a soft spot for false prophets. Well, who wants to have a be a dirty, rotten person with a bleeding heart and a soft spot for false prophets? Well, I don't want that. Well, I hate them too then. They're trying to intimidate you. We're going to attach this label to you if you don't agree with everything we say. That's really... Okay, that, that, why do you need me agree with you on somebody you hate especially if they don't even go to our church okay listen people, I thank God for all of you I have not seen you all get involved in some of the stupidity that I've seen out there and just and the Facebook lynch mob and stuff like please don't do that that is embarrassing it is wicked it's wrong and don't don't fall for these intimidation tactics you know what wear it all right if they're gonna if, if People are going to try to label you with something. You know what? I'd rather wear the label than to just give in to intimidation. Because if you don't agree with us, we're going to call you a name. Well, you know, great. I've already been called reprobate before. You know, It doesn't get any worse than that. So that didn't stick to me. You know, I mean, it's just, it's incredible. But people do, they get intimidated by that. Oh man, I'm going to make sure I like that post so everybody thinks I agree with them so nobody thinks I'm whatever, you know, all those bad things that they said. And don't fall for that. That is that is the most underhanded, cowardly way of trying to influence people I've ever seen in my life. And I see a lot of that type of thing. And I'm not falling for it. I mean, even if I agreed, I don't think I would like something like that because I don't want these people to think I'm getting in, being intimidated into agreeing with their stupidity. I don't know why everybody needs us. I don't know why buzzards can't just go eat the carcass themselves. Why do they get the attention of all the other buzzards? I don't really get that, but I'm not a buzzard. So I don't know. And I don't know why railers like to get everybody's attention before they start doing their railing. You know, Why can't you just go into a room somewhere all by yourself, go into a closet, and just let that person have it? Just pretend they're there and just call them every name of the book. Why do you have to do it on Facebook? Why do you have to do it on a public forum? It's because you're a railer. And it's not railing if you're doing it in private. If you're not inciting the mobs. So, look what it says in Mark 15 and verse 29. It says, And they that passed by railed on him, wagging their heads and saying, Ah, thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself and come down from the cross. Likewise, also the chief priests mocking said among themselves with the scribes, He saved others. Himself he cannot save. Let Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross, that we may see and believe. And they that were crucified with him reviled him. So basically, what we're seeing here, they're twisting his words to make him look bad. Thou that destroyest the temple and rebuildest it in three days? He did, those words did come out of his mouth, didn't they? But is that what he meant? Did Jesus say, I'm going to destroy this temple? No, the Bible says he spake of the temple of his body. And even when he's on trial and they tried to accuse him of that, you know what? The the people's, uh, you know, their testimonies did not agree with each other. You know why? Because that's not what he said. The words came out of his mouth, but what they are trying to say he was communicating is not what he was communicating. But what do they do? They twist it because they were looking for fault. And boy, isn't it amazing? When you're looking for fault in somebody's words, you can always find some kind of heresy. Okay, listen to enough of my preaching, you're going to find something that I said wrong, something where I misspoke, something where I, that I, just, I just flat out didn't get it right. And then, and here's what we're masters of doing too. Okay? This is what we're really good at. If somebody says something that's factually wrong about the Bible... We've got he that heareth God, you know, is of God, heareth God's words. He doesn't understand it, therefore he's not of God. Not saved. And then, the other thing that we're, uh, you know, that we're real good at doing too is saying he's wrong about this. He's saying Jesus said this when Jesus didn't say that. He's talking about another Jesus. You know? It's amazing the way we combine all these things and then turn it all. It always has to be something where the people aren't saved. Why can't we ever disagree with the saved person on anything? Have you ever thought about that? Why can't we ever disagree with somebody that's not a reprobate? With somebody that's not why is it that we cannot just not agree with how somebody does something in another church and just, just disagree with them? Why can't we just have a difference of opinion? Why is it always a salvation issue? You know why? Because people are using intimidation tactics to get you to stay on their side. Well, I don't want to be unsaved. I don't want to be a reprobate. I'm on your side. I'm going along with whoever's yelling the loudest. I'm going along. And the thing is, the normal person, okay, the normal human being is not out there crying reprobate to everybody who disagrees with them. So nobody wants to be on that person's side. Because, well, at least if I'm on the loudmouth side, I don't have to worry about being a reprobate. Uh, but Now, you, you don't have to worry on either side of that, okay? Sometimes good people just disagree. And it doesn't have to be a salvation issue. Pretty soon, you know, if you didn't agree on the shutdown and everything, it's going to be, somehow that's going to turn into a salvation issue. I haven't figured out how we're going to do that yet. But it's, you know, just mark it down. It's probably going to happen. I think people that agree to the shutdown are saved. I do. I'll say it right now. Now I can't take it back. I don't think they're reprobate. I think they're saved. I think they're good people. I like them. Let's disagree on what the government did, not what any of them did. That's it. But let's wait and see how long before it comes to salvation issue. Right? The way things are tracking, it probably won't be long. But what are they do? They're twisting someone's words to make them look bad. You see, people often, because this is what people do to try to get someone to go along with them against their will. It's not enough that we just prove our point. Right? we got to use intimidation. If you do agree with the lockdown, you're just a dirty red coat. You know? When 1776 Part 2 comes around, you know, we're, you're going to be the first one we go after. You know, We don't need to say that kind of stuff. It's, it's not necessary. It's stupid. But it, look what it says, Luke 23-39. And one of the malefactors which were hanged, railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. And the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, For we received the due word of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Notice what this guy was trying to do. He didn't, this guy was a railer. He didn't care about salvation from his soul. He just wanted off the cross. And so what does he do? Jesus, if you're really the Christ, save yourself. Oh, and us too. Yeah, of course, us too, you know. I want to. What's he trying to do? He is trying to bend the will of God, right there into his own will. And so, what do people do today if they want you to do something? If you were a good pastor, you would do this. You know, if you really loved us, you do this. Your kids might do this, but Dad, if you really loved me, you'd buy me an ice cream. You know, what are they trying to do? They're trying to bend your will. And what are they doing? They're so if they say that, they're implying. If you don't buy me ice cream, you're a bad dad. Okay? Now, understand, that's railing right there. Okay? You know, kids are just them for stuff like that. But you know, when adults are doing that kind of thing, that's pretty wicked. Well, God, you know, I used to believe in God, but you know, God didn't give me a life full of sunshine and roses like I wanted, therefore I don't believe in God anymore. Oh, so you just took away God's existence with your mouth because you didn't like what he did. Isn't that isn't that what people are doing today? Isn't that most of your atheist community today? I used to believe in God, but then you know my mama died. He didn't answer my prayer. So he didn't conform to your will, therefore he's not God. Just like these guys railing on Jesus, or at least one of them anyway, railing on Jesus, if you're really the Christ, you're gonna get us and you know and yourself and me off this cross. But he didn't do it. You know, Jesus didn't go along with that. You know what? God's not gonna go along with that kind of thing, and I'm not gonna go along with that kind of thing. Don't ever come to me and say, Pastor, and listen, if you want something, just ask. Don't say, if you were a good pastor, you would give me what I'm about to ask for. I'm not going to do it then. And I got a Bible verse to prove it. Jesus didn't do what that guy wanted right there. <laughs> Even if you're right, I'm not going to do it. Because that's just a terrible way. And you know what? Don't let your kids get away with that kind of thing, too. It's one thing when your little girl's just trying to sweet talk you and stuff. You know, you, you gotta spoil your girls sometimes. But you know, at the same time, you know, I I think you all get what I'm talking about there. This is this is bad attitude and so people uh, preachers often do this you know we do this kind of thing to other preachers by building straw man arguments again we we go and declare if they're wrong on this then that means they think this which means they think that which means they think this and therefore another jesus another gospel unsaved you know that that's wrong what are we trying to do that's intimidation why can't we just say they're wrong in their interpretation of that passage. And just leave it at that. Well, because I got people in my church that agree with that. Well, then your people in your church are wrong too. And you know, at the end of the day, is it really going to change everyone's life if they're wrong? Okay? If that, if, you know, it's, it's amazing the things we let just get us all bent out of shape and freaked out about. But people often do this type of thing too when they're in trouble for something. And they try to draw attention away from their faults and get everybody looking at someone else. That's another thing people like to do, too, is, all right, you know, let's ignore what's going on with me and let's all focus on this person. You know, their faults are way worse. Okay, yeah, I was wrong on this, but did you see what this person did over there, you know? All right, yeah. Jack Treber, he's taking a strong stand right now against the government, you know, for, uh, you know, he... Had service today, got an illegal church service today. But you remember what he did with Cameron Giovanelli? Hey, why can't we just give him credit for what he did right this week? I say God bless him. I'm thankful he did it, and I, I hope the best for his church. You know? Yeah, he did he did bad back then. I hope he learned his lesson. I don't know if he did or not. He's not in my jurisdiction. I don't get to punish the guy. You know? Before I ever send any of my kids to his Bible college, I'm gonna have a few questions. In fact, as of right now, I'm not going to send any of my kids to the Bible college. But it doesn't mean he didn't do a good thing today. Okay? And, and just because we can find a fault with somebody somewhere else, you know, especially if it's in an area where they're making us look bad, there's always somebody out there that's better than us in some area. But it doesn't mean we need to go and now draw everyone's attention to an area where we're better than them. Again, the, the, the whole concept of this thing and of railing is when we're all just trying to draw everyone's attention to something that we have no need of doing. So railing, it is, it's a very common work of the flesh. And it's never justified to rail against someone just because they railed against you. Now this is where the temptation comes in. Because look what it says in 1 Peter 3.8-11. Uh, this is a great verse right here. and It doesn't use the word railing here. But it does use the word reviles. It's talking about Jesus. Um, oh, no, it's not First Peter. Maybe it's 2 Peter. What's that? Oh, it's in chapter 2. Alright, got the wrong chapter. So 2, 8. Or is it Second 2 Peter 2? Two? Alright, I'm in the wrong book. again. So I'm, in, I'm back in First Peter. It's what happens when I don't put it in my notes. It says, it's not Second Peter 2. It was First Peter three See now y'all gonna accuse me of drinking because I'm all lost. There we go, there we go. Finally, be of all of one mind, having compassion with one another, love as brethren. be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil, evil railing for railing, but contrariwise, blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. Kind of like, blessed are ye when men shall revile you. And persecute you and she'll say all oh, manner of evil against you falsely for my sake? For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue. So, we got to seek peace with railers that rail against us? I'd rather give it back to them. In fact, most railers I know, I wouldn't have to rail back. I can just speak the truth. But you know, railers think they're speaking the truth too. You know, and I could easily, especially in the flesh, end up falling into that because railing is a common work of the flesh. And you know what? We are not to render railing for railing. And you know, it's it's tempting sometimes. I got all kinds of people out there always making videos against me, and it's in my nature to respond to every one of those things. You know, whenever I get anything said false against me, it is in my nature to. To respond and to set everybody straight on that. But you know, it's it's pointless because people believe what they want to believe. Okay? You know, if I get reprobated tomorrow, you know who all is gonna agree with the reprobation? Everyone who doesn't like me already. Nobody who does will agree with it. No nobody's mind is ever changed by that kind of thing, except for just you know the simpleton out there and Timbo Two that doesn't know me from Adam. They're the only ones. That are going to go along with something like that. So what's the point? Why not just take the blessing? And I'm telling you, that's what always happens. But it's going to be a temptation. Don't do it. So no matter how wicked someone is, to we don't have the right to rail against them. We see in Second Peter two and verse nine, and Jude one eight through thirteen, where they're basically preaching the same sermon here says the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly, them that walk after the will of the flesh and the lust of uncleanness and despise government, presumptuous are they, self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. dignities. Whereas angels, which are greater in power might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. Angels don't bring... Accusation against a railing accusation against them in Jude one in verse eight. Likewise all these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise the minions, speak evil indignities. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, "The Lord rebuke thee." So notice we, I mean, he didn't even bring a railing accusation against the devil. I mean, aren't we allowed to say anything we want about the devil? And see, and that's what people think, too. This is, this is why there is an obsession with reprobates out there. You know why people are obsessed with somebody getting reprobated? You know why whenever there's a, somebody gets outed or something, everybody's got to ask, are they reprobate? You know why people want to know that? Because people have it in their head, if they're a reprobate, I can now hate them. Therefore, I can say whatever I want to against them. We can call them Whatever. You know, if they're a reprobate, they're a pedophile, you know, too. And so it's like we can just throw all these accusations against them. So why do you need, why do you feel the need to do that? Why is it so important to you that you're able to call this person a name, to cuss this person out? Why do you feel the need to do that so bad? Especially if they don't go to your church. Listen, this is what I don't get. You know, people that have been in our church that get disgruntled and leave, I'm always sad. I don't. I've I've never had somebody leave, and I'm just like anxious to reprobate them. You know, I'm sad of that because I genuinely like the people that come to our church. And the way people can just turn on and just start attacking, you know, and to swoop down and to just start railing people—it's—it's it's weird, folks. It doesn't make sense to me. It's—it's a—it's a, it's a unnatural affection for a Christian to do that kind of thing. To a brother, or even somebody they, they at least thought was their brother. Uh, even if these people prove themselves to be unsaved heretics, you know, yesterday you thought they were a brother and you loved them supposedly. You can go from love to hate in one day. I can't do that. It takes me a long time. And there's been people out there that you know I thought was a brother. Later I was convinced they weren't. but well, you know there was a long period of time before I was able to come to grips with that. I wasn't out celebrating the next day. Yes. You know, I was like, oh, man, I, I'm I'm let down. I'm disappointed when that kind of thing happens. I don't know. I, maybe I'm weird. Maybe it's just because you're a bleeding heart, is what it is. No, I just I like my brothers and sisters in Christ. They weren't your brother. I thought they were. You know, if I found out one of my sisters in in the my biological sisters weren't really my sisters, I still love them. Yeah, but then I we did. Test. They're not even really your sister. I don't care. I thought they were my whole life. You know, we lived together for years. I'm still gonna love them. I'm still gonna call them my sister, even if they weren't in that case. And because, and they're gonna get all the rights and privileges of my other sisters, because that's the way I, that's the way I feel about it. And like I said, I, I get it. If it's somebody in the church they get out of line, and you have to put out, that's fine. But at the same time, I'm not gonna enjoy that. I'm not gonna get any pleasure out of that. I'm not going to be out railing on them the next day. That's just weird. That's unnatural. And, and you would you would think I was nuts if I found out tomorrow that my sister wasn't really my sister. And then I'm just I cast her out of my life after that. Be like, wait, she's not really my sister though. Yeah, you know, but you thought she was. You know, she was like a you know she lived with you like a sister does. You know that that's just weird stuff. Even you know we've all seen the switched at birth movies. I remember as a kid seeing one of those. And I remember thinking how horrible that would be. And you know, and you think about it, what if that happened? And you know what? All of my kids, if I, and I'm convinced they're all mine, they look like us, but at the same time, if I ever found out one of my kids wasn't my kids, you know what? I'd rather have the one that's been living with me than the biological one. I don't think that's weird. I, I would not trade any of my kids for another one that was out there just because it was my flesh and blood. I'd want them both. But at the same time, if I had to choose, I'd pick the one that's been living with yeah, me. And I think that's pretty normal. But there's a lot more verse we can look at. We're gonna, we'll stop there. But as Christians, we're required to only speak the truth. And it's hard often when you're being lied about. But you know what? God is able and God has a way of taking care of those who are liars and railers. God is great at it. And railing is a very easy sin to get into because it's often a sin that is done in packs. And we don't want to follow a multitude to do evil. And folks, you know, when you see all the people with the torches and pitchforks, you know, storming Frankenstein's castle, it's dangerous to get in the middle of that. But you know what? You want to participate. I mean, I guess Frankenstein's okay to go down. But at the same time, you know, if they're going after an innocent, I don't think you want to play a part in that. You don't. Well, I, I wasn't in the front. I wasn't the one that stabbed him with the pitchfork. I'm not the one that threw the torch into the castle. Yeah, but you just being in the mob and yelling and cheering inside of the crazies. And that's what we're seeing, too, with all these protests and things that are going on. It's always a few nut jobs that start breaking the windows and looting and everything. But, you know, if it wasn't for all the other supposed peaceful people there encouraging things by being there, by there being a big, big mob, making it harder for the police to keep track of you know, the bad people, that kind of stuff wouldn't happen. And what you need to do when you see stuff like this going on, when you see the wolf packs getting together and tearing up people, do not encourage it. Do not participate in it. Run from that type of thing. And if you want to get in between them, you, know, you can. I, I'm not against you going and trying to help a friend, save a friend, sticking up for somebody. But don't be surprised you get your head bit off when they turn the pitchforks on you. It'll happen, but railing is a very, very serious and a very wicked sin. And let's keep it out of our church. So Let's pray it here. Lord, we thank you so much for all your blessings. Lord, help us to take these things to heart. Lord, help us to realize that it is a blessing when we're reviled against and people rail on us. But Lord, help us to never uh, return railing for railing. Help us to not participate in it. Help us not to encourage it in any way, shape, or form. In your name we pray. Amen.